Real Life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. You remember what it feels like to get kicked right in the middle of the gut and lose your breath and you're gasping? Do you feel like that spiritually? We feel like that spiritually from time to time now more than ever. What are we supposed to do? Don't give up. Hang in there. Sometimes just stand there. Just stand there and call out to him. He'll never fail you. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. John said, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And I say this, church, because this is your retirement. And the first voice I heard was like a trumpet speaking to me. I want this trumpet to speak to me. You wonder, I wonder if when a Christian dies, I wonder if they hear a trumpet say, at the last second, right? They're just, Uncle John, Uncle John's passing. What if Uncle John hears in his head the sound of a trumpet speaking to him? Come on up. Open house. Can you imagine? You don't know. You haven't been there yet. What if for the believer that it turns out to be true, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints? <laughs> imagine that for a moment. John sees heaven. He hears this come up here declaration. I will show you things which must take place after this. Verse 2, and immediately John says, I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven. This is amazing because what we're about to read is happening right now, church. And one sat on the throne and he who sat there was like a jasper, like a sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones, and on the thrones I saw 24 elders. Look at verse 9. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever, and they cast their, what? Crowns. Before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For, you were create, for you've created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Watch this. Skip over to Revelation 5, verse 6. Revelation chapter 5, verse 6. And I looked, and behold, and in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, that's the 24, stood a lamb as though it had been slain. Now, when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, tongue people and nation. 
The 24 elders represent the church. Every time worship is offered up in heaven, the 24 elders, you say, how do you know that? Because they're the ones who say, you redeemed us by your blood from, and they are from every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation of the earth. And they cast their crowns before the Lord in worship. Why do you and I, listen everybody, please don't forget what I'm about to say. You can forget everybody, everything else, don't forget this. Doing deeds and doing good works and treasuring up your treasures in heaven has nothing to do with salvation. Do you understand that? Zero. Zero. Because you are going to heaven. Because you are a child of God. Because you are saved. Because you are a Christian. You want to be fervently committed to doing as much good as possible. Because, listen, we can send it up ahead. And what are we sending? We're sending rewards. What do those look like? Crowns. What do I want a crown for? You, you want to say, um, Pastor Jack, I'm very humble, and I don't want a crown in heaven. That's for Jesus and not for me. Listen, read the Bible. You want crowns. You want, you want, you want big ones. You want to know why? Because it ain't about you. Don't think, oh, I see what you're thinking. You're thinking it's your crown. Hey. Um, how do you like it? I worked so hard in heaven to get this. What do you guys think? Are you thinking that? It's not going to be like that. You want to have a crown, and we'll see in a moment crowns. Because when it comes time to worship the lamb who was slain, Jesus, you want to do a lot of casting crowns. Because listen, the more you do good for him, the more you cast before him in worship. It's not about us. I'm going to give you some crown verses. Are you ready? Ready to write them down? There's a one crown that's called the imperishable crown. Incorruptible crown. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a, in a race all run, but one receives the prize, run in such way that you may obtain an imperishable crown? Who do you think that's written to? Yeah, every single one of us. Nobody goes to run a race. It's like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> you show up to win, man, right? I know, does that kind of like, is that, is, is that still legal to say in the... According to the Bible, in this race, there's only one trophy. You mean, you mean, there's only one trophy and 10 participants? Yep. What are the other nine going to feel? Loss. <laughs> what about a second place trophy? Nope. First loser. <laughs> That's what second place means. Did you know that? I got second place. You're the first loser. I'm sure... YouTube just, I'm sure we just got pulled from Facebook for saying that. <laughs> Concerning your life, God is saying, run your life's race to get the crown. Crown number two, rejoicing. A crown of rejoicing. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. 1 Thessalonians 2.19. For what is our hope, our joy, our crown of rejoicing? Is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? By the way, that's a theme of pastoral ministry. That is our joy right there. That's my joy. 
What's my joy? That when Jesus shows up, you guys are all ready to go. And it's just like, you know, like somebody cooks and they, they're not happy until they see if you like the food. We don't care about those people. We just want to eat the food. That person cares if you like the food. Okay, pastors are like that. We don't care much about anything else. But if you're ready to meet Jesus, either at the moment that you die or the rapture happens, we're like going, yes. Yeah. I mean, we should, I mean, not looking up, yes, but going with you up. Yes. Yes. That's, that would be a bummer if you watched people go up. <laughs> that would be bad. Third crown is the crown of righteousness. In 2 Timothy 4.8, this is precious. Finally, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, Paul said, which is awesome. Because they just had walked into his cell and said, we're going to behead you, Paul. You're dying here in Rome. Head off your shoulders. Paul says, okay. Well, finally, there's laid up for me a crown that God's going to give me. I said, Paul, did you not hear what we said? We're cutting your head off. How do you put a crown on a headless body? <laughs> you see the difference? You and I live in this world, and we don't think often beyond the world that is. You're not going to be headless in the world that is. And you're not going to be crownless either. Every one of God's kids will be called through a place in life where you'll be crowned. Number four, the crown of glory. 1 Peter 5, 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, please, today, you will receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Isn't that good news? Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. Think of all the brothers and sisters now in heaven who are now living this, who went from Afghanistan in the last few weeks into heaven. This is... I'm reading this verse on earth, and they know about it in heaven right now. Revelation 2.10, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. Wow. That's awesome. He says to us in verse 7, eternal life to those who by patient continuance and doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. Dear church family, you are doing a good work. Don't stop. Don't give up. We're all, listen, we got to talk together and share more because we're all feeling it together. Is it weighty? Do you feel like you're being crushed? Is it feels like it's hard sometimes to fill your lungs up with air? Feel the tension, the pressure? You, you remember what it feels like to get kicked right in the middle of the gut and lose your breath and you're gasping? Do you feel like that spiritually? We feel like that spiritually from time to time now more than ever. What are we supposed to do? Don't give up. Hang in there. Sometimes, just stand there. Just stand there and call out to him. He'll never fail you. Every true believer I know is going through a tremendous stretch right now that is great evidence to me that Christ is coming. He's getting us ready. He's coming. And then finally, church, we'll have to end verses 10 through 11. It's all about new life. It's all about new life. We've been given a new life. This is what we think about us. By his grace, we've been given new life. 
but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who, who works what is good, who does righteousness, the good thing for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for there's no partiality with God. Boy, let me end with this, and this is kind of a fun ending. I love this ending. So Paul starts out by saying this. Church, did I have your attention? Listen. Paul starts out first by saying this. To the Jew first and also to the Greek or Gentile, non-Jew. So God gives the word to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. So God declares his gospel to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. God announces condemnation to the Jew first, then to the Gentile. Listen. God says there's immortality and glory and forgiveness and joy in heaven forever to the Jew first and to the Gentile. You notice the pattern? Always the same in the Bible. God's word says that he gave his word to the Jew as a custodian to dispense it to the entire world. He could have picked the Canadians. He could have picked Americans. He could have picked Peruvians. He picked Jews. And he says, your job is to announce everything I say. You're the vehicle by which you are to fulfill this. This is my plan. This is my word. You are my people. Do it. And they said, no. <laughs> and God prophesied in the Old Testament. If you're Jewish right now and you're turning off the TV or you're getting ready to walk out of here, just listen. God prophesied by the Hebrew prophets to the Jewish people. I'm going to give you the job first and you are not going to want to do it and you are going to throw it back in my face. And so I'm going to take that job and I'm going to give it to the nations of the world. But in the end, in the end, I will find a remnant from my people who will want to do it. That's why the tribulation period is how long? It has to be seven years. God made a promise to the Jewish people in the Old Testament that for that seven-year tribulation period of time, that they would become his ministers to finally fulfill that calling. Their day's coming to preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. After the church is gone, it's going to be their time. Check this out. To the Jew first and then the Gentile, and then verse 11 seems to end with a contradiction. If the Jew is first and the Gentile is second... And then verse 11 says, God has no favorites. That's what it means. God has, he's impartial. Is there something wrong here? Not at all. You want to know why? Because the order in which what is given has no bearing on what's decided on what is given. Do you accept it? And we have a beautiful picture in this. In fact, you can stand. Really, we're done. Check this out. People today, there's books on this. Don't buy them. <laughs> Save your money. There are books written about this is how Gentiles get saved, but this is how a Jew gets saved. There are famous people on TV who say Gentiles, all non-Jews get saved this way. Jews, they get saved the other way. Guess what? That's not true. No, no, no. The Jews, their salvation is the keeping of the law and the sacraments that were given to them in the Old Testament. God says, if you'd keep these, you'll be saved. That's true. All that is true. 
But he also said, in the day that you can't keep them, you need blood. Hmm. So, well, people for 2,000 years have had this debate. It's cracked me up for, for this reason. Jesus at home, somebody's home, minding his own business. Door opens up. In fact, listen to this. I'll read it so there's no confusion. Door opens up. And I don't know who was there. You know, I don't think Jesus was alone. He just, he just appears to hardly ever be alone. So what were the others thinking? No, don't know. It doesn't say. But a man comes to Jesus, and it says there was a man of the Pharisees. Wow. Whose name was Nicodemus. A ruler of the Jews. He's the top teacher. And this man came to Jesus by night. Psst, Jesus, can I talk to you because I'm a Pharisee? I don't want to be seen by you. I can't be seen talking to you. I'll be in big trouble. Rabbi, we know that your teacher come from God. For no one can do the signs or miracles that you do unless God is with them. Watch this. So after Nicodemus gives his glowing assessment of Jesus, Jesus answers and said, says to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus doesn't acknowledge Nicodemus. He, doesn't, he just completely ignores Nicodemus' question completely. This is a lesson for us in life. Hey, so, how's it going? Uh, notice that there's quite a thing happening. What's the deal? Oh, unless you're born again, you're not going to see the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> Jesus said, uh, Nicodemus, unless there's a change in your life, you're on your way to hell. Can you believe this? Jesus didn't even say thank you. Well, thank you, Nicodemus. Thank you for noticing the miracles. He says, I'm telling you, unless one is born from above, you will not see the kingdom of heaven. You need to know how to answer that question. Because to be born from above is to agree with Jesus. I'm a sinner. I need his blood. And I want to appear before him someday because I will appear before him one way or another. <laughs> but I want to appear before him having received him as my Lord and Savior. And then I want to, then once that's settled, I want to go about the rest of my life, the days I got left, doing good for him. Why? Because I want to get a whopper of a crown. Why? Because I want to cast that baby right back at his feet and give him all the glory. That's what we want to do. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected. Real life, hey.